Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. It's one of those special moments in our year when we ask some people who are not working in a race team, who are not earning a living from this sport, but who are fans of it nevertheless, and in fact, all fairly devoted fans. Welcome to Screens again. So listen to their voices with Rowan, Andrew, and Mark. Welcome again to the Fan Forum. How do you go? Thanks, Thank you. Good to have you back. Good to have you all Thanks, back man. again. Cheers. We've gotten a bit of an agenda going, and as usual, I'll identify you for uh, your comments on the subjects we've got, and they range from the season to the future and things, all things in between. Start with Andrew, a.k.a. Bull. Give us your feelings about the season so far. Well, what sparked my interest? I know 30-something years ago, I watched these V8 guys go round round circles, so I've been following for a, a little while now. And uh, you don't always get to see every race, but you get to see what you can when you can. And from, from what I've seen so far this year, it, it's pretty tight sometimes. And you, you never know... In the beginning of the races, you've got no idea who's going to do what. And then it comes down sometimes to the old magic, what happens in the pits. And the pits, as we all know, can make or break a race. So the last Adelaide race I went to, which was my first, and I'm looking forward to see it at the end of the year. I think that's going to be fantastic to see that the actual race come alive again and as a finale. So I'm looking forward to that one. Mark, season so far, I, I think season so far has been um, been very good. I've obviously got into um, watching supercars from a young fella, and I've uh, been watching it ever since. I've been hooked. So, but honestly, I, I think the season so far has been very good, and it, it's captured me um, the same as every other year has. I, I think the racing's even better this year. There's been more winners, and hopefully, there's more to come still. So, keep keep the excitement and the um, the entertainment happening, and yeah, all the way to the end of the year. Let's hope. And, and Rowan. Yeah, hey man. Look, season so far, it's been well, it's been the the, the SVG show from pretty pretty much the beginning as it was uh, as it was last year. But this year we've had a, a few more winners at the uh, the beginning of the season. Sadly, uh, sadly our Erebus mob hasn't been going the uh, the greatest. We've had a, a few good runs, but not not the best. The rookies have been proving themselves all right this year, but it just seems to be once 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 again who can uh, who can catch SVG and. Fingers crossed it can get a little bit closer towards the end of the year, but I reckon he might be breaking records this year. Andrew, you mentioned about the return of Adelaide. That's obviously something that all three of you and many thousands of others around the country are all pretty thrilled about. Yeah, well, Adelaide, as I said, I I went there for the last, or its last race, and my first time to actually be at an Adelaide V8 race, and the whole atmosphere of the place is phenomenal. The, The racing, it's something that you you actually got to see to believe. It's the other side of Bathurst. Bathurst has got the track and the history. Adelaide has also got the, the vibe around it as well. And to see them all running so close, it's, it's fantastic. 
you know, it's a, it had me pumping for a track that I've seen quite a few tracks, but Adelaide was just, wow, this is great. So I'm looking forward to it. So you're in a position of seeing the last and the first of the new era when it's going to be a final round, not an opening round, which is a, well, a yeah, very different yeah. year. That's true, yeah. So the, you know, the, 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 the last Adelaide true opener of the season and now Adelaide's going to be the closing of the season. Well, that's a total different mindset, isn't it? So it was always the the pumped up, here we are to start the season, but now they're gonna, they've got the same vibe, which is going to be, hey, boys, we're going to close the season. You've got to come and see the end. And, Mark, I mean, uh, you've put your stamp on the Adelaide again already, have you? Yeah, I mean, I've... I've- yeah, I've been to Adelaide myself and, and watched it at the track. And Adelaide's Adelaide, if you ask I just think it's a great track, a great atmosphere. I don't think other than Bathurst there's anything like it. So, yeah, I, in a nutshell, can't wait for it to come back. So much excitement there, turn eight. Um, there's there's the concert atmosphere. There's that main straight with the amphitheatre grandstand that's there. It's it's just second. And so can't wait for it to come back. Looking forward to it. And, and Rowan, the first time you went there, I've never actually been to Adelaide so far, so I've, uh, oh. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely glad it's back because I might actually get a chance to go this time. So uh, not not this, not this year, unfortunately, got a, a race or two on the agenda this year, but uh, not Adelaide. But I, I love the circuit; like it's, it's, I think it's one of my favourite tracks to to watch. Just the, you know, there's there's no room for error, and just the fact that they're, you know, they're doing 250 kilometres around a track that. You know, as as I think a lot of drivers have said, more physical than than Bathurst in a sense because you just can't take your eyes off the ball for a second. And uh, I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's just one of the the greatest tracks in the world, as far as I'm concerned. And glad to see it back on the calendar and finishing up the season this year. Andrew, one of the big changes for this year, of course, was that the series is no longer owned by the company who bought it from Avesco, who bought it from the original shareholders and bought the teams out. A new organisation. Uh, races they're known. Have you seen any particular change, changes that you agree with or disagree with? Have you seen an impact for those new owners? Well, it's funny. I thought about when they took it over on what, what's going to change and what are we going to see. But I think a lot of the changes you'll you probably see more on the track than you will on the actual day-to-day racing. They're still the same rules, the same teams, the same sort of format in a way of racing. But it, it, it's going to be what they include with the, the background of the racing, I think, that's going to be the biggest winner. So to me, it's getting on the track to see what has changed will be the big winner or loser for the new owners. And Mark? Honestly, from a from a spectator point of view, watching it from home, I honestly haven't seen any difference with, uh, with the new owners at this stage. I, I guess it still gets telecast the exact same way. I'm sure the teams and the owners and um, drivers and, you know, people actually out the track um, are probably seeing a little bit of a difference, hopefully in a positive light. But honestly, from sitting at home on your lounge chair watching watching the TV, haven't seen any, any changes at this stage, unfortunately. Well, one of the things, Rowan, is that surprisingly enough, the ones who will talk, not maybe on, on the microphone, but the ones who will talk about the team owners and some of the people who work in it, they're not actually seeing a lot of impact of the new owners. There's sort of been a certain reticence to talk about it because obviously they're new owners. But Rowan, it's surprising that there is this feeling of, oh, there are new owners, are there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't really noticed much myself either, other than, you know, the, the odd time that they've popped up on 
the the supercars, telecasts to stay there, you know, happy happy to be there and, and doing things. There's not much of a change really at all in the in the sport that I've noticed. But at the same time, is that just them keeping all their uh, aces up their sleeve for for 2023 and beyond when we're coming to the new regulations? I don't know. There are, but they're they're definitely keeping their heads down at the moment. Yeah, they're you know. Not much has changed for better or for worse, as far as I can tell. Have you seen any change in the TV coverage? I mean, one of the strengths of the category has been the standard of the television. I've, I've always enjoyed the TV coverage, like, you know, especially if you've got, you know, you've got to be lucky enough to be able to have Foxtel. But as long as you can have the free of the pay per view Foxtel or KO telecast, they're second to none, really. Like they're great. They've always got the car race and they've always got the action on. There's never really a dull moment going on too much where you notice sometimes in other motorsport categories, they might shy away from the, the excitement to show you the leaders all the time, whereas they don't really do that too much in supercars, which I think is good. Um, yeah, I've, I haven't noticed too much in the in the telecast changing for the, for the worse. And I've, I've, I've always thought supercars have had a world-class telecast ever since they moved to Foxtel. And, and Lyco's back, so, you know, no complaining there. <laughs> As usual, Andrew, Lyco provides that insight that it is, is lacking in a lot of motorsport around the world, isn't it? That knowledge of that people want to know about the intricacies of the sport. He's unreal, mate. For a bloke that actually drove the cars years ago to now actually telling you all the nitty-gritty of how they work and, right, this guy's going to run the pit sort of time of about this and we're expecting tight changes to be around this time and this many litres of fuel. And it's like, you're watching it, it goes, well, who's going to win, Larko? Just just tell us who's going to win. You know, <laughs> he's finger on the pulse, he's pretty good. I've always said, Mark, that uh, Larko's, uh, everything he's done to now is training him for the job he now has. He gets rather indignant at that because, you know, I was a racing driver, for Christ's sake. I wasn't training to be a bloody TV presenter. He gets a bit pissed off at that sort of stuff. Mark, your experience um, of uh, the TV? and um, oh, yeah. oh, look, I, I agree. Um, having Larko back, Rihanna Crean back in the, the lane as well. She's got good good knowledge and gives it, you know, from a different perspective. And then you've got Larko with his techo stuff and, you know, Tander as well. You know, there's plenty of plenty of good options there that add and contribute positively to the TV coverage. I think something that has really been a good thing this year is, and I'm I'm going to contradict Rowan a little bit, but I've actually enjoyed that the, the cameras have moved away from the leaders at times and have gone back to some of the backfield battles, and it gives those sponsors the airtime that they're actually paying for. You know the, the 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 drivers that are that are back there are they're battling as well and and as hard if not harder than the front guys, um, and they and they've got sponsors on their cars that are that are paying good money to actually uh, be televised as well. And I think this year they've done a hell of a lot better job at that. So yeah, that's definitely something that I've um, that I've noticed. But otherwise, I think the um, the coverage is still as as good a quality as as it's ever been. And yeah, I, I personally don't watch much of the before, before and the in betweens of races. You know, so I don't really get to see a lot of the prelude. But the actual race itself and qualifying and practice is, is second to none. Still, still great quality. How many rounds have you been to this year, Rowan? Uh, only the one so far. I've been to the the Grand Prix when it was down in Melbourne. So, and that was that. That was my first one for a few years. Actually, I think it had been three or four years since before COVID that I'd uh, that I'd actually been to an event. So. 
it was good to uh, good to get back there and hear those uh, hear those cars on track again and and just watch them uh, watch them go around live. It was uh, you know brought, brought, brought it all back and I'm I'm on my way I'm on my way to Bathurst for the first time this year. In how old was I? I was 15 last time. I'm 30 37. I'll be 38 by the time Bathurst starts. So it's been a while. So. I'm, uh, I'm on my way back up there this year. <laughs> and how was going to the Grand Prix? I mean, were you in a grandstand, general admission? Uh, no, I got the general general admission ticket, so I wasn't actually wasn't actually planning on going because <laughs> I'd uh, been 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 a bit tight on the uh, on the funds. And then one of the uh, chaps from the uh, from the Erebus page was uh, was lovely enough to offer a, uh, a spare ticket up that he had. So I was uh, lucky enough to to get to go go along to it on the uh, on, on the Saturday. So cheers, Darren, for that one. Yeah, it was so just so much fun just going back there again and, and being out there, hanging out with a few of the crew that I'd met from the the Erebus page and, and spend the day just walking around the the track. I I I think I literally walked around the entire track over the course of the day. I probably done about ten or fifteen k's walking. Just didn't didn't want to stay in one spot. Whenever there was a, a, a race change or something like that, not just the supercars, but in between any race, I'd just go and find a different spectator position and move myself around the uh, the track all day just to you know see see a little bit of everything walking. Yeah, I, I still think there's nothing more, you know, exciting than watching those cars just at the end of the back straight as they hit turns ten and eleven now instead of eleven and twelve. But just just as the as the cars are hitting the braking marker on that straight as they as they're going full steam, it's just absolutely awesome to watch. Not just the uh, not just the supercars, but the F one cars as well. They're just they're just damn impressive to watch at top speed. Steeple <laughs> disagrees with that one. <laughs> Andrew, did you did you get to the Grand Prix? No, I've been quite busy the start of this year. I'm actually looking forward to next weekend being at Darwin for my first time and my first race for the oh, year. Okay, um, it's going to be interesting wearing my big coat around the uh, slightly warmer temperatures at Bathurst, but I'll see how I go. Beware of the midges, okay? <laughs> no worries, brother, because <laughs> they're pretty fearsome up there. Uh, how many rounds are you going to get to? Uh, I know I'm doing Darwin Bathurst. Ooh, geez, now I've, I've, I've committed to doing Adelaide as well. So that's at least three. Um, after that, it's a bit of a hit and miss just due to the old-fashioned work commitments, you know? And Mark, yourself? Uh, I'd, I'd actually, funny you say that, uh, Paul, but I'd planned to get to uh, Darwin this year as well. But, yeah, change of plans in the last couple of weeks. So, unfortunately, I won't be up there. I'll be doing a, a quick road trip for a week over the next, well, leaving on Thursday. But, um, yeah, I just I have to get back before uh, before Darwin round, unfortunately. So I'll, I'll miss that one. But, yeah, I have no other plans this year to go to any rounds. But I'm sure something will come up and hopefully I'll get there because at least once a year it's nice to actually uh, hear the cars in person and get that cracking going through your ears. So, yeah, hope, hopefully it, uh, it all comes out and uh, we, we get there at least once this year. I'll have a couple of beers for him, mate. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> Throw yourself under the bus, yeah. Mark, the the rookies this year, I mean, the uh, the only two I can think of are, are Randall and Feeney. What are your thoughts on how they're going so far? I, I think, I, I don't think there's going to be any doubt that Feeney will take out Rookie of the Year. Brock's done an amazing job. I mean, if you, if you really think about his total package this year, he, he hasn't written off any cars. He's, he's hardly done any damage to his car. He's finished races. He's qualified top 10 consistently. And honestly, he's, he's finished most races within the top 10. So it's pretty hard to uh, to knock him out of being the uh, the rookie of the year. Randall, I think, uh, he, he's done a he's done a good job as well. He's, I think he's been been mixed up with a little bit of 
you know, Biff and Bash in, in the middle of the pack. But otherwise, he's shown some glimpses of speed as well. So, But yeah, I think two quality rookies have come in this year for sure. And Rowan, you'd have to think that Triple Eight's decision to go with Feeney, because they obviously knew him well, he's justified the choice of him for a very plumb seat, as in Jamie Winkup. No, 100%, mate. You know, I think there was a lot of people at the uh, end of last year when Red Bull said they were going to put a rookie in their car, which I think is the first time they've ever done it since they've been in supercars that, that I can think of. So, you know, when when they said they were going to take a chance on him and put him in the car, he had, uh, you know, as you said, Jamie Winkup shoes. So the uh, the, big, the biggest shoes, shoes you can possibly fill in uh, in supercars. And... Uh, <laughs> and he's yeah he's outshone it like he hasn't had a win yet but he's had the uh, had the podium I can't remember which round it was again was it Tasmania but had the uh, had the podium and, and he's you know been consistently inside the top ten all year so I think he's he's, he's definitely outshone all the expectations of him and uh, and then some and I, I honestly think he might get himself a win before the end of the year. You sit number seventh, mate. Not too bad, is it? Yeah, that's all right, eh, for a young fella. Yeah. Jumping big James Hughes and you're, you're sitting on number seven, your first big league. Yeah, go for it. Randall, I, I think Randall's, Randall's done all right as well. He's like, obviously, he doesn't have the, uh, doesn't have the machinery under him that, uh, that Feeney has, but, uh, you know, he's, he's had a lot to deal with over the last couple of years as well. So I think he's just going to take a year or so to get back into it, but he's also had a couple of half decent results himself. So give, give him another season and he'll be, uh, he'll be right up there. We all know what a, uh, what a stunning racing driver he is. The raw talent that kid. Knowing of your connections, Rowan, have you heard any of the rumours about uh, Will Brown heading uh, possibly to DJR, replacing another Will, maybe? Uh, look, they've, uh, they've they've stolen one of our drivers before. So when I heard the uh, heard that it was uh, it was out there, I've always you know a little, little bit of gulp in the throat on that one. Yeah, you, you don't you don't want to see your star drivers go, but I, I think you know I think Will's he's, I'm pretty sure he's still contracted to uh, Terrabus at the moment for for another year or so. So. I don't, I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. If we can give him a car that doesn't break and, you know, stop, stop having mistakes in our pit stops and actually put him up the front of the, uh, the, the grid where he'd be on his, uh, on his real pace most of the time, then I think he'd be more than happy to, to stay at Erebus if he's, you know, less, less, less the money's too damn good at, uh, at Shell, but I think he's, uh, he's happy to stay at Erebus at the moment. There's always a possibility that a rookie could say a chance to drive for a championship team like DJR would be something they'd jump at. Mm. Gee, why not? Why wouldn't you? You know, they're going to throw the money around. If you're willing to do the wheeling and and put it on the line for them, well, if they're throwing the dollars at you, you'd, you'd give it a go, wouldn't you? Young fella? Absolutely. Lord, Lord, uh, who's been bringing you up and getting you into the industry, that's, that's fine, but... Um, young guys, money's money, mate. Money's money. Which uh, embarks on something else that probably uh, was a bit of a shock to the system and for all of you, and probably lucky to get comments, but we'll start with you, Andrew, on the Welkinshaws and uh, when they turn from uh, red to blue. Yes, well, I read that on Facebook and I thought, hang on a minute, I'll just scroll back and what was that again? I thought, oh, okay. And it took a little while to sort of process, but when you think about the actual history of supercars, when it went way back to, I guess, the beginning, the Dick Johnson was the top team when it first started out as the V8 teams, and then you had this Mr. Lowndes turn up with his his supercar, 
and the HRT guys, they led everything for ages. So everyone turned to Holden. And then it turned back to the Ford with the Ambrose and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it was waves. It always it goes back and forth between you know the, the, the Holden, the Ford, so to speak, to what we used to. There's no more Holden, of course. But as we just spoke about, the, the young fellas and that, you, you go where the money is. So the Ford are putting the money in with the, the Mustang at the moment. So all the teams want to get where the money and the development is, don't they? Because if, if you get the good car, and you've got a nice little sponsor that's throwing you a bit of cash, well, you should get up the pony end and get on the podium and keeps everyone happy and, and you, you win races and the, the sponsors are happy and Ford are happy. So it's something that I believe in racing is just a natural attrition. You know, let, let's go back a few years. Mr. Peter Brock, he, he drove BMWs, don't forget. He also went into a Sierra, you know. So... Why not? Indeed. Just embarking on that sort of thing is the fact that Ford has come out recently and said that all the Ford teams, and, and they're adding to the list for next year, of course, with Walkinshaw's coming on board, that all the Ford teams are going to receive support, not just DJs and Tickford, but they're widening their, their berth, which is interesting itself. And, Mark, because your first allegiance is to Triple Eight, I understand that you going to be some support from General Motors for their Camaros, but it's a very different scene than with Holden pulling out. Yeah, definitely. And uh, look, I, I didn't honestly didn't didn't get too surprised with the the change from Holden to Ford with WAU, but I don't think anything can really surprise you these days. I mean, lo- loyalty is is not not a modern day thing. You know, drivers jump teams all the time. They jump brands all the time. Teams that now teams jump brands all the time as well. So uh, nothing really surprises me now. But I know a lot of people were obviously um, pretty disgruntled about it. I think poor old uh, Walkinshaw got uh, a fair bit of hate mail from it. But at the end of the day, I mean, they've, they've got a business to run. You know, <laughs> they've got to make financial decisions. And if Ford's going to, you know, prop them some money, whereas obviously the Camaro and GM weren't going to, to fund them in, why, why wouldn't you go with Ford? So you've, you've got to you've got to make the numbers work. It's a, as much as us sitting at home. It's an entertainment thing, you know. For these teams, it's a business. So um, yeah, it, it is what it is. Look, as I said, no surprises. But who knows who else could jump ship uh, next year as well? Watch this space, I guess. Rowan, you know, it's, it's long been known that loyalty is something you can buy nowadays. Maybe not down at the Seven Eleven store, but you can certainly <laughs> buy it with some money. It's a different world with the way in which, I mean, obviously Triple Eight, they did the transaction, they went forward to Holden, and, and, and it's some amazing stories around that time, you know, that, that Ford wanted them to paint their cars blue and, and they didn't want to, and various other things because of Vodafone and stuff like that. It, it's, a, it's a different thing, as Mark said, you know, loyalty is something that's in very short supply. Yeah, definitely. Well, it, it's, you know, it's not what it used to be, especially when it comes to, you know, man, manufacturers. So I was just, as we, were, as we were having that chat, I was just thinking, who's the, uh, the last driver that would have driven for, a, for, for one manufacturer's entire career? And that's probably Garth Kander as a, as a current sitting driver that, well, you know, still, still even a co-driver. He's, uh, he, he's raced for nobody but Holden, but you, you wouldn't have, I don't think there's a single other driver on the grid that's driven for the, the same manufacturer from go to woe, except for uh, Nick Percat, which will obviously be changing at the uh, beginning of the next year when he uh, jumps in a Ford for the first time. So 
it's uh, it's it's not what it used to be, but it, you know, no, I guess no less shocking for for those long-standing fans to have a you know, especially WAU fans that are, that were there for the the you know holding factor of it. That's it's, uh, it's got to got to be a massive shock, but. Yeah, it's just it's, loyalty is not really there in the in the sport anymore. You know, people might stay loyal to a team themselves, but uh, you know, even even that can only go on for so long if they're not going to be winning. So it's uh, it is what it is at the end of the day, and it's uh, you know it's sad to see the the GM and uh, Walkinshaw partnership come to an end after after so many years. But uh, that's 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 the sport, and they're doing what they think is best for them. And uh, as everyone else has said, where the uh, where the dollars are. That's what you've got to do these days. Andrew, is there anything you'd like to see change regardless of, essentially, would you like to see more enduro races come back? You know, having the uh, Pertec Enduro Cup seemed to be something pretty good. Well, you say the, the Enduro Cup, it was, it was great because you only had a certain amount of races that were the long-distance races, so to speak. And then it was a race on Sunday. So now you've got a Saturday-Sunday race so there's more than one race per weekend, which are all tallying up to each uh, win for the weekend, I guess. What I think I'd like to see is more of a focus on a one race on Sunday. So you do all your proving, you do all your, your, your trials and, and practice and qualifying pre have more predominant um, backing and support categories so that on Sunday you have the race. Like like Bathurst, so to speak. But Bathurst is the race. I know it lasts for most of the day, but the lead up to Bathurst, there's other categories that are doing their best and getting people on the track. So I'd like to see more other categories and with a bit of a thumping sound, not forcing on the little things running around with um, 86 numbers and stuff like that. Something that sounds like a V8, which would be similar to what the main event is. Let them have a go. Let them prove themselves. Let them come through the ranks so that you can join the main event on the Sunday. And Mark, your thoughts, yeah, oh, look, I think there needs to be another enduro for sure. Um, so whether it's sand down, um, I think we should use sand down as much as we, we possibly can before, uh, you know, before it gets redeveloped like our park was. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about it for a lot of years, but, um, why not, why not use the, um, use the hell out of it while it's there and it's available to us? Um, so yes, I think another enduro is definitely, uh, needed there. Um, the cars, I, I can't wait for next year for the new cars. Um, hopefully the racing is, you know, goes to another level again with the, the new cars. I think, I think the Camaro looks bloody spectacular. Um, you know, seeing that go around Bathurst and test days and that sort of stuff, it's amazing looking. Tires, I think, is still something that we could be playing with a little bit more and shuffling things around to make racing a little bit more competitive and, you know, put some different the things, compounds there. Yeah, one of the things that's been talked about is lower aero, the greater reliance on driver skill. So yeah. the cars will move around a lot more. Yeah, so that would be very much something that you'd like to see. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, look, you 
the more that there can be, uh, I guess, the driver, you know, actually having to, to drive the car more than the car contributing to the talent of the driver, uh, take a little bit of the engineering out of it and, and bring it back to old school, wrestle the car over Bathurst. And, I mean, go onto YouTube and have a look at some of Brocky's, you know, laps in a VP Commodore, um, you know, or a VK whole, oh, God. Some of them are crazy, and and he's got no arrow. The thing is just launching all over the places, and and he's doing it with one hand. So yes. you know that that that's racing. Um, you know, but I, I, but it does it does also then not worry me. But, but you've got the the precision drivers like the SVG who can drive anything, handle anything, and has obscene car control. Is he still going to be, you know, at the at the top of that tree and still dominating because of, I guess, the obscene talent that he's got? So, I, I don't know. The cream will always rise to the top, but there's some of my suggestions anyway. But yeah, next year will be exciting, I think. You, you want the drivers to drive, don't you? You don't want the the aero kids because if, if you remember back in the late '90s, you had the, the the Falcon with that great big D-shaped wing over the back. With had this adjustable little flap, which was, what do you want? Do you want speed across the top of the mountain, or do you want speed down Conrod? So you you changed it to what you wanted, and and Seaton was one of the guys who said, I want speed down Conrod, the the longest stretch, straight stretch of the whole race at Bathurst to to get him onto pole, and he did it. So they used the tech. To an advantage. If you remove all that tack, as you were saying, it's a more level playing field, isn't it? Uh, Rowan, uh, your thoughts? What to look forward or lot to look back on? I I really don't like the three race format, the and the two two day weekend format. I just think it it doesn't really make for entertaining racing. We need to uh, move away from that. That was, you know, it seemed to be implemented predominantly due to COVID and, and restrictions on travel and things like that. Where, uh, you know, where it's, it's, we're not out of COVID by by any stretch of the means, but you know, we're trying to trying to get on with life as best we can. So I think they need to move away from that. Go back to the the longer format. Maybe the, you know, the two the two races, the smaller races on Saturday, and then the the big race on Sunday, or or even just having two two larger races, two hundred and fifty k races again. I think or. Um, I think it's much more entertaining for the the fans and uh, and and the drivers seem to like it more. Um, and and bring back the enduros. Just I, I need them. That's what we all we all love and live our supercars for is the enduros. And only having one of them every year now at Bathurst, as enjoyable as that is, it's uh, we we need to have those enduros back. So bring back the uh, yeah, bring back the the, the enduro cup and uh, get a, get a few more longer races in there. Is is what I want and. Uh, yeah, just looking looking forward to twenty twenty three. These uh these these Camaros look absolutely mint, and uh, even the Mustangs look not not too bad for a Ford. So that's uh you know they're they're, they're looking pretty good, and I'm just excited to excited to see what uh, what the, what the new year brings. And it's been a while since we've had some uh, some you know pretty massive regulation changes in this sport. So it's uh it's gonna be gonna be fun next year, and hopefully they listen to uh listen to what the fans and drivers are saying and bring back a few longer races. With all three of you possibly going to Bathurst this year, there's one thing that uh, you'll immediately notice is not there. And, and Andrew, you would have seen it many, many a times. 
And it's one of the things I find very sad that they've taken away the position tower. And that was something that, that was very distinctive about that track. It meant that, and people in pit lane, even though they had all the resources in a garage, they could go and look at TV screens. You just look up there and see the position tower and see who was on the lead lap, who wasn't, and various things like that. It seems to me a, a great pity that they've removed that. Andrew? To me, that is part of the history of Bathurst. That thing was phenomenal. No matter where you were, you could see who was doing what, when. If you had a brief moment at, say, one o'clock in the afternoon, you wanted to dash off and do a bit of merch, you looked over your shoulder and went, sweet, that bloke's still winning. Oh, no, he's coming second. And you could see what was going on. Now, uh, what's happening? You know, why was it taken down? <laughs> what was the purpose? Was it too much wind resistance for those coming up the main straight or something? You know, it it was an icon. You could even see it with a nice little pair of binoculars, mind you, from at the top of the mountain. You could see from the top of the mountain what was going on. And it's gone. Yeah. Sad, sad. Mark? Yeah, I mean, I've been to Bathurst a couple of times myself, but it is disappointing that, that everything... I guess the the main straight facility that's actually there is is each year it seems to be getting even more modern and and, and even getting I guess closer and closer to you know to looking like a glass house you know at times especially with the corporate stuff up top and now taking the the big I don't know you could call it a lightning rod or whatever you want to call it but uh, you know as Bill was saying you know you could be you could be all the way down at turn one or you could be over in the merchandise um, alley and, and still be able to see who's what and where. Even if you're on the you know, on the on the main straight, you could just look over and, and you know, find your find your favourite driver. But yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I, I, I think there there needs to be still some historical part of Bathurst that we leave there. You know, you can't keep dismantling it every single year. I mean, you know, what what's going to be next? Do we take away the bridge across the main straight and we put a tunnel underneath? You know, where where do we stop? You know, you've you've, you've got to keep the history there as as well as um, making modernised facilities. So it's worthwhile just reflecting on the year, and uh, we we talked earlier about how dominant Van Gisbergen has been uh, this year, as he has in numerous years past, when Scotty McLaughlin shoved off, it became a whole lot easier for Shane to dominate. Just wondering what your thoughts are if uh, Shane was to decide when he's at Le Mans that maybe I should race more GTs in Europe, Rowan? Uh, you know, that it'd be massive for the sport. It's, uh, we've, we've, you know, losing McLaughlin was huge to, uh, to IndyCar. That was, uh, that was a big shock for the sport, even though it was inevitable. But uh, to, to lose McLaughlin, uh, to lose, sorry, to lose Van Gisbergen as well, if he decided to leave, it'd be uh, absolutely crazy. But uh, at the same time, it would make things pretty entertaining, wouldn't it? Because the field behind him is very, very, very close. He's a, he's a class above the, you know, the rest at the moment. And without him, it would, uh, it would definitely spice the, uh, the, the championship up a little bit. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a 50-50 there. You'd be, you'd be sad to see him go if it ever did happen. But at the same time, wowee, wouldn't we have a, uh, a championship battle on our hands? Looking at the thing, Gisbergen's um, right up top. So if we just, sorry, Gis, just removed you from the championship, the next one, two, three, four, five, six are all within 100 points of each other. That's exactly. pretty cool. Yeah. You know, 
100 points, and that's that's even going back to Mr. Brock Feeney, one of our rookie fillers. So, wow. You get Jeez. these double points things that we used to have, or the, the, the single race enduros like Bathurst, things would change that entire equation. You know? That's scary. Seven drivers could um, be tough. The things that has been noticeable about this season, Mark, is the way in which we've seen teams, for instance, Walthamshaws, also Team 18, Erebus, at different times, Tickford, at different times, different teams have shone. The most consistent has been Triple Eight through that time, but each each weekend we don't we can't be sure as to who's actually going to be roll out and be quick. Uh, is is that aiding your interest in the series? Yeah, I think it does. I, I definitely think it does. I mean, to have, oh, I don't know what we're up to now, is it six or seven different winners this year already out of a, a, a grid of 24, 25 cars, depending on what the weekend is. But I think I think that's outstanding. To talk about next year again, I reckon that's even going to get more winners, you know, and, and more opportunity for people to actually be on the podium next year. So, look, I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. You, you don't want to see the dominance. I mean, you think about F1 with Hamilton just winning race after race after race for years, it, it got boring, you know, and now that there are, are more race winners happening in F1 as well, it, it's become more exciting. The same thing with supercars. You don't want the dominance. The level playing field is where it needs to be, and I, I think that the cost containment of F1 has actually worked quite well to actually bring the field back to, you know, the rest of the top-tier teams. So, yeah, look, more winners the better. More people standing on that podium, uh, more people spraying champagne. I, I think it's it's great for the sport and great for spectators. Rowan, the one thing that seems to be pretty consistent in the last couple of years is the introduction of wild cards, and particularly the Bathurst ones. Now, this year is Murphy and Stanaway and the Lowndes Fraser one. They're, they're obviously adding interest to the uh, to the race and the series. Yeah, definitely. They're, I love having wild cards in the uh, in in the endurance races, and then throughout the uh, throughout the year, you know, the uh, Erebus guys have brought in Jordan Boys the uh, other weekend and given some some rookies a go in a uh, in a supercar. But the uh, the wild cards at the endurance is just you know it, it adds adds something extra, especially when you've got uh, premium drivers like like Lounsey still racing. Sorry, guys, the cat's decided he's hungry. Uh, especially when you've got premium drivers like Lounds and. Uh, and uh, and Murphy back in the car, so you know it's been been a while since Murph's been at Bathurst, but to uh, you know he's, he's he's had the lap of the gods there. He's won four times, is yes. it at Bathurst? So you know he's, he's he's no he's no stranger to the uh, to success at Mount Panorama. So I'm uh, interested to see what him and Richie can do in that uh, in that third Boost Mobile Commodore. That's going to be. Uh, a ton, of, a ton of fun, I reckon. And uh, Lowndes v Murphy at, at Bathurst again. How long has it been? That's going to be exciting. Yay, we get Ambrose back in there, eh? Hey? <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on, come on. Are we talking about a legend series again or something, are we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the wildcards, Andrew, your, your, your feelings? Oh, exactly what Rowan said. It's great. You know, you, what, what you think about the two wildcards? We've got um, two legends of, of of Bathurst and racing, Murphy and Lowndes. They've brought someone along. So you think about potential sponsors that both individuals would bring to the races, and you think about the revival of 
the old lounge crews, the, the, the fans of lounge, the fans of, of, of Murphy, that, oh, Murphy's back, you beauty, young, we're going to see it. It's all about butts on seats. So if they're going to come back and do these sorts of cameo appearances, I guess you might say, with someone else, well, why not? It's great. It's 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 more what they got to do. I, I mean, bring Dick back when we have Dick Johnson and someone else. Yeah, he's, <clears throat> maybe that's a little bit too far gone. But still, the, these guys are only only just basically retired. You know, uh, you said an Ambrose. Yeah, bring Ambrose back. What about a, a, a scary situation where you've got a, a grid with um, a couple of rookies with a lounge, a Murphy? An Ambrose, a Scaife, for example. Wow. You get a wealth of knowledge for these new fellas and someone that knows how to steer the tracks, giving them a hand, giving them pointers. Could help the young fellas. You never know. It's all about training and bringing the young fellas up, isn't it? Improving. Who wants to knock someone off their perch? Just get up and make people better. Make the racing better. So, yes, please, bring it on. And I make the assumption that, Mark, you talked before about Gen 3, that you're pretty positive about the way in which the series is heading. Yeah, absolutely. Even listening to the note of those uh, those new cars, the change of, uh, of of what the actual shape of the, the vehicle is, um, it's so, so relevant that the vehicles look like the road-going cars. Um, it's... It, it goes back to the previous years of, you know, uh, drive on Sunday and sell on Monday. So um, yes. I, I can't wait for it. And yes. even even just simple things of looking at, you know, the, the Camaro and seeing that exhaust outlet coming just out from, you know, behind the front wheels. I mean, it just, I don't know, it just, yeah, it gives me... Uh, Gives me a good vibe of uh, of what next year is going to be about, and, um, and and just technical changes and and lowering aero and uh, just tick 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 for me. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. All right, and and Rowan, your feelings on the uh, next season? Uh, I'm excited. So uh, the the future of supercars looks bright. Whenever there's a, a change in. Uh, you know, and any any major uh, regulations for for any you know any not just supercars but any sport, it's always uh, always exciting. It's fresh. It's something new. So you know, we we've been dealing with it for 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 a few years now. The same sort of cars that we have been, and the the same people winning. I'm I'm pumped to see what these new regulations can bring, and hoping hoping a few manu- few manufacturers in the in the next couple of years as well it's you know as much as i love the the red versus blue that's gone so it'll be red versus uh, sorry blue versus gold technically next year still we've got the gm and uh, and ford but you know i'm i'm looking forward to seeing some new manufacturers coming to this competition and and have you know maybe five or five or six different teams battling it out for the championship and you know three or four different manufacturers up there it's, it's uh, it's exciting. It's fresh, and and you know I, I can't wait for next year. So get to get to the end of this year with these old cars that have been driving around for a few years, and then uh, bring it on. Um, Andrew, um, uh, your proposal. I hope that Barkley Nettlefold will have been listening, and uh, he'll take up your idea to get on the phone to Scaife and Ambrose and Engel and 
get them all back up at the mountain. Um, and and it, it would seem that the uh, the new regulations would appear to be offering the opportunity for a far more level playing field in the very near future. Yes, more. Well, as Rowan said, you start a new season with a, a new car, the new Camaro, and, and Mark was saying that it looks really, really, really sexy with these exhaust pipes coming out from those years. Oh, okay. Um, so you've got this <laughs> new car and an old school Mustang, which, not old school, I mean the Mustang that we've come used to. So you throw a new set of rules into it and a new car into it and it it all becomes um, like a base camp again. It, it's, it's, it's starting at, at point zero because we've changed the slight conditions of what the Mustang was used to and we've got a new car. So, yeah, bring it on because it's going to grow interest. Everyone's going to be fighting. We'll, we'll have the same old, oh, they've got this and we don't have that, which we've had the entire time that supercars has existed. So it's got controversy. It's got excitement. Let's play. Well, on that note, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us again on the Fan Forum. We uh, always look forward to hearing your views and experiences and uh, certainly look forward to catching up with you at a racetrack, uh, highly likely Bathurst. Uh, I hope you'll enjoy both watching it on the ground and on the television. So thank you, gentlemen. That's Mark, Andrew, Rowan uh, for joining us again on Fan Forum. Thank you, Joyce. Have a good one. Cheers. It's been terrific to get our Fan Forum together. Unfortunately, we were missing Kim Hunter, who is going through a bit of a tough time at the moment in hospital, but we wish her all the best and hope she enjoys listening to uh, her friends and colleagues on the Fan Forum. So thanks for joining us and uh, wish Kim all the best for our Inside Supercars Fan Forum. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.